us into our lives. So let's dive deeper into the role that God has called us to be. Relax, grab some tea, and chat with me. When I smile, I shine so bright, I'm grooving with the seven day and night. Say, mom, listen to the Lord till I die, and I know he's making moves in my life. Welcome to another episode of the Four Moms Podcast, your favorite moms hangout. I am your host, Allison Nick, and here we talk about all of the highs and lows of life after baby. You will receive your full postpartum advantage that includes mom's tips on faith, mental care, relationships, and more. We are postpartum's advantage. We are here for you, sis, and we understand. Now, let's start the show. Hey, hey, mom friends. So I am super excited because we are in part two, week two, with our mom friend, Demetra Bradley. And if y'all heard last week's episode, you heard us talking about mom safety. And this week we are coming back. Um, We had such a good week last week. We went live on Instagram. Um, We had a lot of fun with it. So we're coming back now with part two, which is kids safety and talking about how important it is for us to teach, to teach our kids safety, even at a young age. So Demetria, I'm so happy to have you back on the show. How are you, Bill? You good. How are you? I'm doing good, girl. You know, we here. <laughs> Everywhere I go. That's what I said. I said, we here. We here. It's two of us. Yeah, it's the both of us. <laughs> So we here. So yes. Um. So if somebody is being is newly um coming on to this episode without having listened to the last one, can you just speak about yourself real quick and some of your credentials about um you and and safety and everything that you have going on with that? I sure will. So hi, mom. My name is Demetra Bradley. I am the owner of Foxy Defense and Protection. It is where I teach self-defense to young girls and women. So in doing that, I uh, provide hands-on self-defense classes, physical classes, as well as provide uh, products such as pepper spray and or a fun gun, not tasers, um, and knives and other materials of such. I have about 15 years of military and law enforcement experience. And with that, I have obtained a self-defense certification from RAD Systems of Self-Defense, which stands for Rape, Aggression, um, and Defense Training. So I am certified in women, kids, and men's self-defense classes. So uh, I also provide classes for the elderly. Yes, y'all. And look, I've taken her self-defense class before, even as a pregnant woman. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it was great. She's very um, hands-on. She talks you through everything. It's slideshows and presentations. It's Mm -hmm. a whole thing. And so I would definitely say if you walk into that class not knowing anything about self-defense, 
or how to use pepper spray or anything, I would definitely recommend her class because you're going to leave feeling more knowledgeable and feeling more powerful, powerful about you as a person, what you're capable of doing to protect yourself. So yeah. that is just that. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> you are welcome. So um, like we said, this episode is really all about our kids. So kind of speak to why it is so important um, to speak kids' safety in general and why it's so important for us to teach our kids this. So it's extremely important because kids are more aware than what we may think. So we think, oh, okay, they're little, they are this age, they may not understand the importance of safety or what's going on around them. That is absolutely not true. Kids notice more than we do. And so uh, if you have an older kid, like a maybe two, three, four-year-old, you know that they say whatever is on their minds. And that is <laughs> that can sometimes be a benefit, especially when it comes to self-defense, because they're going to tell you what they see, how they see it, and that sort of stuff. So if we teach them early on to pay attention to something that's not normal, um, not using the word bad, but something that is just not normal, because you don't want them mm-hmm. to freak um, then that right there lets them know, okay, this is something that is out of the ordinary. I'm going to say something to mommy or daddy or something like that. So yeah. it's extremely important to get them to know uh, the difference between good and bad and what's normal and what's not normal uh, so they can speak up and they can help us sometimes if we have more than one kid, uh, then it's easier for them to pay attention and let us know what's going on if we're not directly paying attention. So it's important. Yeah, yeah. So speaking more to us, um, sp- us teaching our children safety is making them more aware and having them use, because kids are naturally curious, like of any great age group. I know that you have kids varying <laughs> in your household of different ages. <laughs> oh, it's an extreme. So yes, yes. months. <laughs> There you exactly. So, um, so you know, I mean, kids are curious at any age. So, having them use that to their benefit of being aware is a great thing. So, I, I agree on that. I agree on that. So, let's kind of just break down um, our age groups and kind of go to how us as moms can teach our kids safety um, for each age group. So, kind of, so we are kind of start off with younger children. You know, our okay. toddlers, our little babies that we call yeah. them. Um, what are some things that we can teach them whenever um, in regards to in regards to safety? Um, I know even in your presentation, you talked about park safety, so you can kind of add that in there as well. Yeah, so definitely. With the smaller or the younger age group that they're just learning how to walk and they're still holding our hands when we're leaving stores and all of that type of stuff. We're teaching them what a stranger is or what a good person and a bad person is. Um, It's very important for us to teach them as well what to use that's around them. Because if somebody is going to try to kidnap them, they're going to use force. And kids are not stronger than adults. That's just the way it is. Um, But they also have the benefit of using things that are mini size or bite size or fun size. How about fun size? Let's do fun. There you go. (laughs) That are fun size for them. And with those examples, it would be using dirt, throwing dirt in somebody's face. So if they're playing in a park and somebody is trying to lure them to 
uh, with a piece of candy or with an animal, a lost dog or something like that, and they know that that's a bad stranger, they can pick up the dirt, throw the dirt in a person's face and the eyes. That hurts. I can't stand being a blow dirt in my face. I feel some type of way. So if a kid is doing that intentionally, it's really going (laughs) to, it's really going to uh, have the effect that we want. Um, Something else that is important for uh, kid safety would be like fallen branches. Um, So they may not be strong enough to pick up a brick or something like that to defend themselves against somebody. But branches from around a tree, if we're outside, are very helpful. You can scratch somebody with them. You can poke somebody in the face with them in the eyes and the nose or the soft parts of the body that they know will be affected. And we could just teach them that and show it to them over and over and over again to where it's ingrained in their um, you can also, for that, that age range, use um, park benches as something that they can run up under. So if somebody is trying to get them and they take off running, run in, run under a park bench and, and crawl up under there because me and I'm not even a big person, um, but if a kid is running from me and they start crawling up under a park bench, it's going to take a minute for me to bend over to pick them up and figure out, OK, are they coming out of this side or are they going this way or what? So uh, that's an advantage that they have that a kidnapper, that that's too much. They're not going to yeah. go through all that running around a trash can and, and up under a park bench and in between, you know, uh, obstacles that are at a playground to, to abduct a child. So using anything that is fun size to their advantage will definitely help them uh, get away and escape an attack attacker. Oh, those are those are really good notes. And I love what you said about teaching them in repetition, because um, so I have taught our children um, just more of being self-aware, like their body parts, because mm-hmm. I have a fear, probably like most parents, of somebody touching them inappropriately. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have taught them about the body parts. They are responsible. They are the only people that are allowed to touch their body parts. And if somebody does, this is what you say. And this is how you need to tell. And so I started my son, who's now four, at three, going over, every time we were in bath time, we would go over this, we would go over this. And so it got to a point to where his sister, who is now curious, like, what is that? <laughs> Everybody yeah. take baths together. Um, she may touch him. And, um, you know, I'm like, no, but he'll tell me first, mommy, this is my private area. Gemma touched me. And like, it's just like right off the bat for him. And he'll yeah. say, no, 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 no. So I was just like, oh, he listened. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, it works. It works. It really does. And then also with that, um, teaching them the difference between a good stranger and a bad stranger, because we always hear stranger danger, stranger danger, but it's not always danger because if they're going to the doctor's office, that's a good stranger. And that doctor is touching private parts. It may be for a reason. That's a good stranger. So we have to teach them the difference between a good stranger and a bad stranger, especially when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily, I've, I, we've had some great pediatricians to where even if they are about to examine them, they'll say, excuse me, I'm about to examine you. And they'll walk them through versus just all women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Dive right on in. It's like, whoa, <laughs> calm down. 
<laughs> but that is, but I, I didn't even think about that between a good stranger and a bad stranger, you know, police or firefighters, <laughs> doctors versus, um, you know, a, a bad stranger and someone trying to put, mm-hmm. potentially put you in danger. So that's, that is a good idea. Um, I feel like I was going to ask something else, girl. This is mom brain, pregnancy brain for you. <laughs> it never leaves it never leaves it may come back to me a little bit but I I do like oh what I was gonna ask so what about if um because I know this is something you also taught in the self-defense class for us as adults but what about is there something we can teach our smaller younger children if somebody tries to pick them up um in regards to maybe they don't have time to grab something in regards mm-hmm. to defending themselves, uh, what are what are things they can do in that situation that can maybe bring attention or something that they can do to try to get away? Remember, your voice is always going to be your first line of defense. So yeah. telling them to scream and holler and yell, this is not my parents. And those sorts of things are, are going to be key in getting people's attention. And while they're doing that, using their voice to get attention, they can do the um we called it the hammer fist so for those that may not remember it's where your hand is completely balled up in a in a it's completely balled up it's making a fist and you're using it in a manner of um beating somebody in the face striking down yes like like you're beating the drum or, or something so you can teach them to hit over and over again in places in the face, in the throat, in the ear, in the neck. So if somebody has them that way, they're picking them up from the front, then that's how you can affect it that way. And then if it's a man that's picking them up and they're doing the hammer fist, they can kick at the same time. So what they would normally do for a temper tantrum, do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Have a whole fit. This is the best time to have a fit right now. (laughs) Having an entire that is yes yes (laughs) okay so if we go to our next age group our preteens our teenagers what um what is safety social safety um I I don't know if this where we start introducing like social media safety what are things we can do um for our preteens and our teenagers okay so for our preteens and teenagers uh I would say the best thing for self-defense would be um again using your voice but knowing how to use um, your body as as a weapon. So it's, I don't know, this is hard. I didn't think about this because I wanted to show, but uh, (laughs) using your body as a weapon. And when I say that, I mean, being able to use your elbows, use your feet, use your your head like a headbutt, um, elbowing somebody, especially important body parts like the ear and the face and uh, the stomach, the, the private parts, um, those sorts of things. Knowing just if you have a child that's never taken any type of martial arts or self-defense training or anything like that, just simple body parts. You don't have to have strength to protect yourself, um, especially in that age. It's people that are more trying to influence them online than in person. But um, if it's something that's face-to-face or in person or a bully, uh, to say, then knowing 
what your body parts, your effective body parts would be the best thing. Um, so for social media, social safety or digital media safety, I would say uh, parents keep a a watch of what apps they're using, what their screen names are, because they're, of course they're going to have them in that tween age. They're going to be on TikTok. They're going to be on Snapchat and all of this. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Um, so if we're teaching them at that younger age, what a good stranger and a bad stranger is, then by the time they're making it to this teenager tween um, age group, they know, or we, they should be able to tell the difference between what somebody, what messages a positive person is sending versus the messages of somebody that's trying to, to lure them to a spot to take advantage of them. So, um, teaching them from the bat, this is what this looks like. This is what this does not look like. And making sure that they trust you or trust another adult figure enough to say something if they see something. So Mm -hmm. that's the most Mm -hmm. important. If you see something, say something. And that goes at school, if there's something going on at school, if there's a teacher, if there's a, you know, we see that a lot nowadays, um, uh, especially like that's crazy to me. But if there is a teacher that is saying things to you and you know are inappropriate, have a safe adult that you can have that conversation with um, mm-hmm. to make sure that it's it's not going past where it should um, for coaches and that, all of that. But just knowing their effective body parts, their hands, where they can rake somebody's face. Uh, a rake looks like you making a claw with your hand and using your nails to scratch across somebody's face. So mm-hmm. you're getting a up under your fingernail and you're also causing pain to them because uh, as stated last week, our goal is to get away. Our goal is not to stand there and fight and go back and forth with this person. Our goal is to get away. So we need yeah. to do what can to affect as much pain as quickly as possible so that we can use the energy that we have left to get away. Yeah. 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 I, I, I really like that as well. And especially, um, you know, for, like you were saying, having a safe adult, I think that's important because um, I, I, for one in high school, I had a friend that was making um, threats to herself of wanting to commit suicide. We were at school And before maybe my sophomore or junior year, I didn't know high schools had counselors. Like I knew that we had counselors for like our classes. You know, you go to your counselor, like your VP. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for academics. But I didn't realize that we had counselors actually at the school until um, a teacher had referred me to a counselor because something I had said in class. And then after that, I knew like, like, oh, I can actually get help at school. Uh-huh. Because you just don't think of those things as school being a place, at least I didn't at first, school uh-huh. being a place where you can actually get help yeah, um, or have your friends get help. That's not something that's talked about a lot. So yeah. we do, um, unless something happened like that and it came up, but just being aware and knowing those sorts of things ahead of time can actually just nip things in the bud or you know that school is a safe place or it should be a safe place uh, to have those type of conversations. (laughs) You're killing me. Yes, it should be a safe place to have those conversations. (laughs) 
but I'm just thinking like active shooters and all that kind of stuff. I so know. I don't know if I said this in the class that you took, but in previous classes, I try and figure out what the profession is or like for you, I knew you were, you, you were about to have a baby. So mm-hmm. I've added some mom things in the, in the PowerPoint presentation, but, um, I like to see what the profession is. And in a previous class, we had teachers. And mm-hmm. for teachers, I always tell them to carry a rubber doorstop in mm-hmm. their work bag. So same thing for school-age children. Um, if there is an active shooter, since we're talking about school being a safe place, active yeah. shooters don't make schools safe. So um, in the classroom, see what type of door is in your child's classroom and buy a, a doorstop, a rubber doorstop. It doesn't matter what size. I mean, it's going to depend on what the door looks like, right? In which direction the door opens. Yeah. Um, buy a rubber doorstop for them to keep in their backpack in case there is an active shooter. Um, how do you use the rubber doorstop in case of an active shooter? Well, we use rubber doorstops to keep doors open. In this instance, we will use them to keep doors closed. Mm-hmm. So we press the um, rubber doorstop on the inside of the door, lock the door, and keep it to where if the door is pushed, it is wedged upon that doorstop and it's preventing people from entering inside of the classroom. So if mm-hmm. a teacher doesn't know that and doesn't have it in their bag, well, by golly, your kid has one in their backpack. Yeah. If yeah. you remember, Hopefully they do. Um, if they remember, they can pull it out and, and use it and say, this is what we can do to prevent them from coming inside of our classroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and, and also, you know, have, have your kid teach your teacher or, you know, just teach that sort of thing. And the importance is rubber doorstop, not wooden, rubber doorstop. And of course, it's more effective, obviously, if the door has the hinges on the inside, if it opens, the door opens into the classroom versus away from the classroom. So, um, yeah, that is really good. Because whenever you say that a thing, I was like, child, let me bring these rubber toys stop. They just don't. <laughs> Can't just around in my bag real quick in case somebody got to go into a bathroom and just protect myself. Exactly. Yep. And that's why I said rubber. You can keep that in your purse at the airport if you're traveling by yourself and you're in a hotel room. So it goes beyond mom safety. Like, this is the life safety. Okay. Okay. This is for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, carry rubber door stop. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, like the local dollar store, you'll get it. Come on, Stop. don't sleep on the dollar store. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last one for our kids' safety is our college kids. Um, I have a niece who is about to go off to college. Her first semester is coming up in the fall. And um, she's an athlete, so I know she's probably going to be having late practices or anything like that. And so what are some things that we can be teaching our kids for college, excuse me, for college safety? Um, Because I think you had also said um, in your presentation that like on certain college campuses, they can't carry pepper spray or mace. So -hmm. what are some other things that they can be aware of? Yeah, so it depends. They have that's something that they're going to have to look up, and of course, it depends on what state uh, your child is going to college in. But that's the first thing you need to you need to be aware of and learn is okay, what state are they going to college in, and then what are the um, weapons safety or the weapon 
rules and laws regarding um, pepper spray and stun guns for that particular state. So on my website, I do have a portion that breaks down what states you can carry pepper spray and what states you can carry stun guns in. Um, But just because it's for the state doesn't mean you can carry it on that individual campus within that state. So you still have to check the school's website, uh, safety and security of particular numbers or uh, of that information if they can carry it at that school. But besides pepper spray and um, stun guns, you want them to be aware of the... So I went to Sam Houston and Sam Houston had an app that was called Cat Safe. And on that app, if there was an active shooter on the campus, if there was just some incident that happened that we needed to be aware of, a weather alert or whatever, it was sent out immediately on that particular app. So that's something else that they can look for uh, before the child goes to school. And you normally register like with the school email address or student ID or something like that. So once you're accepted, um, you should be able to find that information on their website because it has to be public information. Um, also, yeah. and I think it's mostly like in freshman orientation. I know that's where we signed up for ours. Remember, I went to Charlton. It was freshman orientation, and we everybody signed up with their school ID. So if uh-huh. something happened, it came straight to your cell phone. Okay, yeah, and parents may also want to check and see if they are able to True. get those on their phones as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, also public information would be statistics. You want to see what your school is, what crime is prevalent at the school that your child is going to. So um, Sam Houston may not be the same as Charlton. Sam Houston may have more petty crimes where people are stealing bikes and um, laptops versus Charlton where people may be getting raped. I mean, I don't know. Um, that's just an example. I'm not saying either of those schools are doing that, but those are two different <laughs> yes. crimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but those are two different crimes and you need to prepare separately or differently for each of those crimes. So you don't know what, what crime is prevalent at that school without looking at the statistics on the uh, local either school police department or county police department or whatever that patrols that, that college. Um, website to see. So that should be public information. And then um, also for that age group, they may be walking back and forth to their dorms, right? So these AirPods and earbuds and all this type of stuff is real popular now, but it's not the safest thing. Maybe you can wear one, but not two when you're walking by yourself to and from class, from your dorm and and that kind of stuff. So um, I go more in depth in that in in the college girls class, because girl, this one is my passion. I'm like, go all the way in for this one. (laughs) But yeah, that and then locking doors. The bathroom door mm-hmm. that you don't think about that, okay, I'm in my dorm room and it has a conjoining bathroom with another room and it may or may not have girls over there. You don't know who's visiting them. So you need to make yeah. sure that that door to your side of the bathroom is locked. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else? Social media, showing your location on social media. You don't want to do that uh, because... If you got beef with somebody, now they know where you at. 
Or if you got beef with somebody and they know where you at, they know that you're not at home. They know that you're not in that dorm. So now they can go get a new iPhone or new iPad or whatever that's left inside of your dorm because you just posted on social media that you sat down and about to eat. So you can still on social media, but do it after the fact. Do it after you leave the restaurant. Do it after you play the games at the amusement park or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think that's something good to point out because so many kids and students are so um, into sharing their location and sh- sharing what they have and what new they got. And it's just like, everybody ain't got to know your business, baby. That's like one of them old grandmas. Like, <laughs> exactly. But a couple everybody more things. Gotta know your business. A couple yes, more things yes. girls would be to have um, pay attention to the little blue boxes. Did y'all have blue boxes on campus at Tarleton? That if the you little needed, emergency, the emergency yes. boxes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. If you needed a walk, somebody to walk home with you, that they dispatch somebody and they walk you to your dorm. So from the library or whatever to the cafeteria or something, mm-hmm. they walk with you. So be mm-hmm. aware. In a park, so, if you're in a parking garage and it's dark. Yeah, you get that little, like you said, a little blue box or some of them are orange, whatever color they are. Get that little yeah. box and call somebody because they do have campus police. They yep. typically have their own police departments for your school. Yep. And so there's more than likely somebody that's always riding through. You'll see, you see police officers all the time in little go-karts, Chad. It's mm-hmm. always somebody <laughs> riding yep. through. But just know where those boxes are. So if it does happen, you can be like, okay, the closest one is going to be towards the admin building or something like that. So know where those are. And then my other one was um, see if there is a a escort service. If it's not somebody walking physically with you, like up north, it may not be uh, feasible for everybody to walk places. But if there is a drive, like a taxi. So okay, um, okay. Yeah, you can request a free escort. That's a taxi. So I know we're used to seeing those boxes, uh, emergency boxes on campus, but some schools do have um, the taxi. I believe Tarleton does now. It's we called. Um, I, can't, I can't remember what it was called, but we did to the um, dance halls and stuff like that, to, to the more popular places that people hung out on yeah. certain nights. Ours was Thursday night, chap. It was a little yep. dance hall. It wasn't even, they called it a club. I'm like, it's a dance hall. Y'all, y'all ain't been to Dallas. But <laughs> that is funny. But yeah, <laughs> uh, my important tips for, for college girls. Yeah. And I think that's important. Even even going back to some of those things you were saying about using your elbow and, and the striking um, and using your knees, like those, those points of your body are very powerful and you don't think that they are because maybe you feel like you are small, whatever, but I tell you a good elbow hunty to the yeah. face, a yeah. good, um, I use it at the dogs at work. I have a big dog pushing on me being pregnant, tries to yeah. jump up on me. I do a nice little knee. <laughs> yeah. They kind of, they kind of like, Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, just, just sit, <laughs> just back up a little bit. But, but an elbow does wonders to the front and, if you're throwing it to your front, if you're throwing it backwards as well, an elbow makes a difference. That's probably like my favorite little yes. uh, self-defense. <laughs> but even like your kicks mm-hmm. and your knees, those are just mm-hmm. as powerful because people think, again, that it has to be strength related. It does not. It's all about the technique, honey. It's the technique. And then tell them. 
we are bottom heavy. So our strength mm-hmm. is going to rise in our legs. So Very we're true. not always top heavy and strong um, to throw punches. So they may not be effective. And now I'm asserting all this energy to throw a punch that's not effective when I could have just kicked you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then got away. Yeah. A quicker effect. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate you and and talking with in regards to just the different levels of safety, um, the different categories of safety. This was really Uh good. So um, can you please tell the people where they can find you? Um, I know you had mentioned the website and I'll put all this in the show notes as well, you guys. But could you please kind of just tell people where they can find you and locate you if they're interested in taking a class or buying um, any of the um, defensive weapons that you may have? Is weapons a good word? Can I use that word? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yep, you sure can. So <laughs> you can find me at foxydefensepro.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram using the same name at Foxy Defense Pro. Um, and also my net self-defense class will be June 5th. And um, it's going to be in a location in Fort Worth. But that is the date for our next class. If you are interested in attending, you can sign up on the website. And uh, before you purchase, let me know. Send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. Ram, and I will send you a secret code for 10% off. Oh, okay, people. Look at us offering, getting y'all 10% off with the codes. Okay, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, love. Well, thank you for doing this two-part series with us. I really do appreciate it. And um, you guys, if you really enjoyed the show, please, re- please leave a review and definitely send it out to your other mom friends to your cousins and nieces and nephews and anybody else that needs to hear this in ways that they can defend themselves and protect themselves um, at any age. So thank you guys so much. And we'll see you. Thank you. I forgot. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I forgot to tell everybody that I am mobile. So uh, I did mention that my next class will be in Fort Worth, but I've had classes in Dallas. I've had classes in Addison. I've had classes in Arlington uh, because I am mobile. So if you have a group of women, mothers, um, or your family members, and you would like for a church, mm-hmm. yes. you like me to come to you, you can also let me know. And that's an option on the website for you to book as well. That You know what? I have seen that before. You have groups and such. Yes. Yes. So have, look, she's mobile. Have her come to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have a good one. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.